Scripture today comes from Romans chapter 8. It says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. These are the metaphors of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, today is Mother's Day and my sermon is, I hope, fitting, but it is not really a Mother's Day sermon. But but I want to wrestle a little bit with metaphor. I've been talking the last couple weeks about how metaphor shapes our lives, how our thinking is really shaped by metaphor. And I want to share one of my favorite metaphors in the Bible, the metaphor of adoption. Now, a lot of how we talk about God is really based in metaphor, right? Like, how do you talk about God that is so different than us without sort of making him into a person and giving him personal attributes? Uh, And so a lot of our conversation about who God is, is actually metaphor. But some of those metaphors are old metaphors and sometimes a little hard to get in touch with. Um, I don't know about you, but but the Bible comes from a time where there was a lot of like blood sacrifice. And so a lot of the imagery is like blood and sacrifice and and, uh, going to the altar and sacrificing. And and I I don't know about you, but I don't think about blood the same way those people did. And that, that metaphor sort of takes me a little bit of work to get into. It's not immediately as emotionally connecting to me. And I think that's probably true of a lot of people. But one of my favorite metaphors is the metaphor of adoption. And the reason is because I have an adopted brother. Uh, I don't know. Some of you know this. Some of you heard some of these stories before. But I have, I have a brother uh, named Gideon who is adopted. And uh, so when I hear the Bible talk about adoption, it really means a lot to me. And so today what I want to do is just tell you about my brother. And I want to tell you his story and uh, what he means to me, and then uh, use that as sort of a lens uh, as we think about God's adoption. So uh, this is my brother, Gideon James Rimmer. He has uh, Down syndrome, and uh, we got him as just a baby. Uh, actually, my parents got the name before they got the baby. Um, my parents uh, were at uh, Shriners Hospital, and uh, there was, there was uh, as there often is, some Amish kids that were playing at, at Shriners Hospital. And uh, a little boy was running away in his, in, from his parents in the hallway. And, uh, and the mom said, Gideon, get over here. And uh, my parents were sitting there waiting and said, man, Gideon, that's the name, isn't it? Yeah, that's the name, the name, Gideon. But what would be a middle name to go with Gideon? And so they tossed it around and came up with Gideon James. James is my dad's name. He never liked being called Jimmy, and so it skipped me. I didn't get a James. Uh, I have my grandfather's initials, but I'm not a James. But they thought, Gideon James, yeah, that's the name. And then really they forgot about the whole conversation. And then a couple of weeks later, they got a call about a little baby that was um, going to be born relatively soon that the parents had found out that he had Down syndrome. And they didn't want to have an abortion, which is a lot of times what happens with Down syndrome kids. And so uh, they decided we we want to have our son, but we don't want to, we want to put him up for adoption. And we'd like to have a family with kids. 
And so my family, we actually already had a home study. And uh, so, so somebody thought of us and called us. And my mom was like, there is no way. She was she's in her 30s, and she's like, I am not starting over with a baby. Like, I got my kids far away out of here. I do not want to start over with a baby. And um, uh, uh, we were all, like, kind of honor about it. In fact, me, in my little uh, younger high school age, I was like, Mom, where is your faith? Right? <laughs> yeah, I was a pastor way back then. But, uh, but then she was reading a book by a lady named Elizabeth Elliot. And if you don't know her story, that's probably a whole other Sunday I could do about Elizabeth Elliot. She was a missionary whose husband was killed by a tribe. And then she and the other wives went to that same tribe that killed their husbands to share the gospel with them. Um, but Elizabeth Elliot's written a bunch of stuff. And Elizabeth Elliot wrote in this one book. We don't even know what book it was. But she wrote the words, Take Gideon. As in, like, take Gideon, for example. It's just like an like offhanded comment, you know what I mean? But my mom was like, she read that, take Gideon. And then whoosh, the rush of remembering the name from like two or three weeks prior. They had not thought about that name ever since. And then take Gideon, wham, it was there. It's like God was saying, you got this child's name before, I ever, before you ever knew this child was born. So my parents... Adopted him. We had to fly to New York City. He was born. Uh, here he is as a little baby. Um, we called him a Keebler elf. Do you see how his ears like stick out? <laughs> right? So we would call him a Keebler elf all the time. And uh, um, he, he, he almost died. Uh, the, he, was, he was born with a bad wall between his heart. Happens a lot with Down syndrome. And... Um, so they put him on this blood medication until he could get strong enough to have heart surgery. And it was supposed to be 0.25 milliliters or whatever it was. You know, they put the decimal in the wrong place. So it said 2.5 milliliters of this medicine. You get 10 times the amount of blood medication you were supposed to have, everybody, uh, if you remember your math. And he, he about died in my mom's arms, had to be flown to Pittsburgh. And, uh, and you know how babies... when. But when we have kids, you know, you have, your baby wakes you up to eat. He, he just didn't wake up. Like you had to go wake him. So he, my mom had to go get him up to have him eat. He was just so not thriving for the longest time. But then slowly he really did start to thrive. And eventually um, he had to have heart surgery. And, and that, that was crazy to me because the heart doctor said to us, um, "Take everybody hold your fist like this. That's about how big your heart is. Okay, most people, your hands about the size of your heart. My brother was like this big. <laughs> Imagine they're going to do heart surgery. Like, like his, his heart's smaller than my thumb. They got to do the heart surgery. But he did. He got through. It turns out my brother had the biggest heart of like anybody I knew. Um, so he was our little Keebler elf. He, he was... Kid, um, Down syndrome kids are born with very low muscle tone. So they're really flexible. So he would be in his, in his like... Um, car seat, and his feet would be like here and here by his head. He would just put his feet right here. Uh, no problem for him. No problem for him. Uh, here's me with my brother. Um, look how cool I was, everybody. <laughs> right? <laughs> Some of you have never met. That's my chin. Um, but he, he grew. He grew slowly, and um, uh, he, he kind of got out of the, he kept the keeper ears for a long time. But he moved to more of a cabbage patch sort of head. Um, 
but uh, it was just a joy, just a joy to be around. He grew really slowly. He, um, uh, he, he, he didn't, uh, so he was just fun and a joy. He didn't like crawling. Like a real texture thing, he did not like his knees on the ground. So the kid would bear crawl. This is what we went to. Okay? And he would just stick his fanny way up in the air and walk around. Could you walk like that? Right? This is what he skipped to. And he didn't walk till he was, uh, I, we were trying to remember when he walked. It was not till much, much later. It wasn't, he wasn't potty trained until like eight. I mean, he was really delayed in so many ways. So he literally, for just like six years, walked like that, crawled like that around. Um, So this is so when he when he did walk he wasn't really great at walking and so a lot of times we'd carry him on uh, our shoulders. That's my dad, my sister Bree. That's me, everybody. That's my hair. <laughs> See that? That's not perm. That is how that, that that grew out. I think it was so heavy that now it won't grow anymore. Like it's tired. Um, so my, we had to carry my brother on my shoulders. Like I had him. My dad had him all the time when we would go places. He just was not. Just didn't walk for a long time. Um, but my brother is so funny. He, he uh, has so many fun quirks. He eats very few things. But one of the things he loves is McDonald's fries. He actually loves to come visit our church. Because McDonald's is next door. Okay? And um, it was really funny. When the, when the pandemic happened, all the McDonald's were closed. You know what I mean? He would, so he didn't have McDonald's for like a very long time. And then he came down because our McDonald's opened way before Erie did. And I remember him coming down and we gave him fries, but he had a mask on and he had never done this before. So like, I remember him like, he's like looking at the mask and looking at the fry and looking at the mask, looking at the fry, trying to figure out how am I going to eat this with the mask on? We're like, but you can take the mask off for fries, right? His pandemics are weird for him. He, his room is a blast. He, I'll show you more of his room later. He keeps all his shirts neatly stacked. He does this. Okay, he does this all the time with his clean laundry. I love that it was an InSync uh, shirt uh, this week. Uh, he does love his music. His room is a total mess, but he knows exactly where everything is. Like if you clean it up, he will put the mess back where, like the CDs that are all over the floor. You clean them up, they were in the same place later that day. He just is, he's so funny about space, loves to sit and listen to music. Um, this is us uh, uh, riding, he, he could never ride a bike, you know, I just couldn't get it. So my, my parents got one of these Surrey bikes so that we could take him on bike rides. And then we sort of all got tired of pedaling this giant thing. Um, but... Uh, he, the funny thing about him, too, is when you're, when you're around him, uh, he loves to say, bless you. But he doesn't quite get that it's just for sneezes. Okay? And so any bodily function, he says, bless you. And uh, absolutely any. And if you, like, sneeze, like, my wife will get allergies and will sneeze, like, four, five, six, seven times in a row. He thinks it's hilarious. And he, he eventually can't say bless you anymore. He's too busy laughing. Um... Let me show you. Okay, my, my brother's also a trickster, so he likes to he likes to play games. But this is me. Uh, uh, he can't swim, so we were very near the shore. 
uh, canoeing in a very secure canoe camping a few weeks ago, or a few years ago. I just love this picture because I remember the entire time we were boating, he was just trying to splash me with that paddle. Okay, he's just trying to like figure out how to get it so he could splash me. Um, I have a dog named Jep for Geppetto, but he can't say Jep. He says Jeff. And when my mom's sitting at the table, he'll come and he'll pat her on the head and he'll say, hey, hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. He calls my mom the dog's name. He also, he'll copy. So if you sneeze a bunch, he'll kind of fake sneeze. When I'm on the phone with my parents, I will hear him echo what they say on the phone. Um, here's him uh, copying me at a Steelers game. Notice a Steelers towel. Yeah, he, uh, he just, he'll copy you. And it's, it's really quite a lot of fun. Um, one of the fun things about Gideon is seeing him be Uncle Gideon. That was kind of strange for me. Like, uh, as I had kids, my sister had kids, he became Uncle Gideon. Uh, and he has kind of a fun relationship. He did not know what to do with them as babies. But now that they're older, he really does enjoy being around the kids and listening to the kids. He's got a special relationship with my daughter, Morgan. In fact, they have a special high five. And I have them on video. Here you go. Ready? Yes, there it is. And uh, so when we come, he is always excited to go down and find her and give her the special high five. What about Gideon? Church is huge. This is Gideon. He's actually sleeping through his baptism here. But um, he loves church. You can imagine my dad is a retired pastor. My mom is a lay pastor. You all know what I do, right? Uh, a lot of pastors in the family, and so he just loves church. Church is very important to Gideon. But church hasn't always known what to do with him because he can be loud and he can be noisy. And when he gets nervous in a new place, a lot of times he makes sort of this humming noise. It's a, it's a, I'm not going to do an impression of it. Uh, but it's kind of just this, this hum he makes when he's uncomfortable or he just sort of makes sometimes. I remember there was a time where my dad wasn't working in a church and we got to visit other churches. And um, uh, so my brother is in this new space. He's not real comfortable. Uh, he's making a little bit of this hum sound. And the pastor who, who we knew came to my dad and suggested that maybe he would do better in the cry room. Do you remember cry rooms? Many churches have that. Now, I'm not anti-cry room. They have their space. But my brother still makes that noise. Like, if my brother is not allowed in worship, he's never going to be allowed in worship. And neither is my mom, because she's going to be like, you imagine my little brother, you know, at 35, still he has to be in the cry room with the babies because he can't come into church because he makes this noise. Um, uh, I remember that day, and we just left, right? It wasn't the only church, by the way, that we couldn't find a place in. There were a lot of churches that didn't know what, and there's a reason why a lot of, uh, one of the most unchurched peoples in America today. It's a special needs community. Okay. Um, so that was hard. And it, it, for me, has always made it important for me to make a church where people can come. Where you can come and you can be yourself and you can bring yourself. Because those churches that didn't know what to do with Gideon, they missed out. Okay. This is my brother in my preaching robe. Um, hey, everybody, that's my preaching robe. Um, my, my brother, my brother calls himself a pastor. 
After all, the rest of us are, right? So he kind of is up for it. He calls himself a pastor. He pastors, pastors Lake City Presbyterian Church. And he will, he will tell you that excitedly. Why? Because he's a greeter. And he hands out the bulletins. And uh, he loves, like, communion is one of the, his highlights. He does not eat very many things. Communion is one of the things. He will always take communion. He loves communion. The other thing he likes being a pastor is training. Whenever my parents would have to go on a pastor's retreat, they would go to the Wheat Kirk Church Conference and other things. And uh, my brother loves training. He was here last Sunday night for uh, Todd Bolsinger. They were up there in a balcony. There's a picture of him last week in this space. And um, he was so excited to have training. And then after training, he got to have McDonald's. It was like the best day. It was that he got to be a pastor in the morning and go to training in the afternoon. And then McDonald's for dinner. It was like his best living his best life last week. He loves training. He loves being a pastor. And I tell you what, if you're around Gideon, uh, he is a pastor. Like he brings you into the presence of God. Here's him in my doctoral hat. Um, he has taught me so much. One of the things he's really bad at is pronouns. Um, so, like, there's me and then there's you. But he doesn't know, understand you. He can't, like, and so there's me and then there's me. Like, you're me, so that's me. And he's really strange about it with my mom because uh, it's almost like he and my mom are the same person, sort of. He really does not know how to, how to, what to call mom because she's just kind of always with him. Uh, and so he, but he knows also that he's a son. He knows that he's a son. He calls himself a son. And um, so he does this really kind of funny thing when he does the Lord's Prayer, which he can really do the Lord's Prayer is that when it comes to the, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, he goes like this, in the name of the Father, the me, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I, actually, I think that's really great theology. Like, my, my brother identifies so much with Jesus that when he says Jesus, he says the Son is me. Like, that's one of the best, I, uh, best descriptions of the Trinity and how Jesus, what Jesus does for us, I think I've ever heard he gives us his part in the Trinity, his part in his relationship with the Father. My brother's got great theology, right? And a, a lot of churches missed out on having him in the space. The other thing is my brother is uh, a huge worship leader. My, my brother is the Pentecostal of the family. So, like, you, you guys are way too passive for Gideon. Okay? He will say amen and yes, and he will, especially if it's, one of, if it's my mom or me or my dad, but like he will participate in the sermon. He like gets into it. And he loves to sing. My brother just listens to music all the time. His favorite song is um, Angels We Have Heard On High. The Glorious. If you ever in church with Gideon in Advent, he screams the glorious. Just scream. Bring, he bring, and he brings people to tears with how joyful his singing is. I mean, he, this, he really knows how to worship. Now, I don't, have the, I don't have the glorious. I don't have the glorious. But I do have some video of Gideon singing, uh, I'll Fly Away. So I'm just going to let Gideon sort of lead us in worship for a second here. Oh, <laughs> 
I love that. You can see his room there too, right? See all his stuff. <laughs> uh, I love my brother. And I have experienced God so much through my brother. I really have. And he has been such a blessing to me. And so that's why the metaphor of adoption is so valuable to me. Like the way I feel about my brother coming into my family and um, how much he's meant to me. God says, you're adopted. God says, you are a part of the household of God. Right? That you, that you are a son. That's the me. You, you are a son. You are a daughter. You are made a child of God. I find that so profoundly moving. And so I have learned so much joy. I have learned so much passion. I have experienced God in so many ways because of my brother. And I, I just wanted to share that with you today. And also share that, that glint in your eye that maybe you feel a little of when you see my brother up here. That's what God feels for you. That is what God feels for you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for Gideon. Thank you for his, uh, his role in my life, his, his passion for you, his pastoral ministry, his, his worship. So now, Lord, uh, just teach us. Teach us how we are to be your children. Give us all a sense that we are adopted. And may we love you and be in your presence always. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.